0: everybody welcome uh, back to expedition you uh Jason Franklin here with uh, producer Jack hey, and up, I think everybody? we're on episode 53 now yes yes we are excellent we've got an absolutely fantastic guest with us today uh Fred Weaver good friend of ours. Uh, you know, here at Expedition U and not only that, but with eXp, no relation. Uh, anyways, and I wanted to talk to him today kind of about the genesis of their business. These guys have been blowing up for the last several years. And, you know, the thing, the parallels between what they're doing are not just for the real estate business, but I would encourage you that if you're an entrepreneur of any type or style to make sure you're listening to this, because there's going to be some major nuggets in here that you can take into your day to day. Fred, how are you doing today? Hey,
1: I'm doing great. Lucky number 53. Thanks for uh, having me on here, uh, Jason and Jack. Appreciate it.
0: Awesome, man. Glad to have you. So uh, you guys are in what part? You're in Arizona. What part?
1: Yeah, uh, I personally live in uh, Mesa, Arizona. Business partner Kevin lives in Scottsdale. We're officed in Tempe. I grew up in the West Valley. So Phoenix Metro. Oh,
0: so you're all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So you guys run the forty six ten team. I got to ask you just off the cuff because we you know we talked with Kevin a few months back. Where did the forty six ten team name come from? What is that? It's like a Bible verse. Uh, yeah, yes and no. I mean, the the short and
1: long of it is uh, Kevin and I partnered together in February of '08, and within a couple of months, we ran out of for sale signs. And we quickly uh, knew we needed to make a new order and neither one of us wanted our name on the for sale sign because at that time we were very short sale focused. So the thought of a buyer calling our direct cell phone numbers and having to handle a buyer while we were busy doing short sale listings didn't sound good. So anyway, we had to come up with a team name and uh, a friend of ours had taken Stephen Covey's Habits of Highly Effective People and he had put them uh, to some scripture because he was a Spanish pastor And anyway, long story short, we love to begin with the end in mind or thinking with the end in mind, because number one, it's a great business principle and life principle. But number two, it applied really well at the time to what we were doing with short sales, you had to know where you were going in the short sale game before you took on the listing. And, uh, so anyway, begin with the end in mind, real estate team was a little wordy as you might imagine. So, uh, uh, yeah, Yeah, it didn't fit on the sign real well. Not in a, not a large enough font anyway. So we went with group 4610, it ties back to a scripture, Isaiah 4610, that talks about God knowing the end from the beginning,
0: man. Now I wish I had asked that question a lot sooner, man. I mean, we could do a 45 minute podcast on just beginning with the end in mind. You know, I'm a huge proponent I reverse engineer everything i'm always looking at the very very end result that i know i'm going to accomplish and then because you know in real estate in entrepreneurship in general uh you know in anything you're doing when you set the kind of goals that we want each other to set they're they're insurmountable the goal is too big right you know and so it becomes this daunting overwhelming i can't do that but beginning with the end in mind and then going back and reverse engineering it and taking, you know, that whole eating the elephant one bite at a time. Right. I mean, so I mean, you guys you guys ramped up pretty quick. So kind of give us like, you know, a couple minutes on where you all started and how you guys got to the level that you are, whether it was on purpose or, you know, planned out or accidental. I mean, how did that how did that look?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, more accidental than anything. I always tell folks that um, I was just trying to survive. I got my real estate license in uh, at the end of 04, uh started at, at uh, Washington Mutual Bank when I was in college. That was kind of my first introduction to real estate, banking, loan applications, etc. Um, anyway, I turned that into uh, getting a real estate license, and I did pretty good by myself in 05. I did some uh, investing, aka speculating in 05 and 06 mm-hmm. on the real estate market as a young 20-year-old, got my butt kicked and uh, and learned some real good lessons in my early mid-20s. And I woke up in uh, early 08 and had a lot of debt, not a lot of income. I had gotten married in 07, and I did not want to go back and get a job. Like, I just adamantly, vehemently hated working for other people and having a boss, uh, but I also needed to make money. And so uh, I looked around and I, I figured out that maybe the way to do that was by helping people that were underwater on their homes and you know, help them work with the bank, do a short sale versus a foreclosure. I'd kind of learned that concept as an investor a few years before that. Anyway, I my um, now business partner Kevin Kaufman and I got together in February of 08 and decided we'd start working together. Uh, we know each other because I went to uh, elementary school with his wife and junior high, high school, all the way up through college. So that's how we connected. And anyway, um, you know, it wasn't the business that we have today wasn't thought out and planned in the the scheme of, hey, we're going to build something big. It was purely survival in 2008 and 2009. And uh, through just scraping by and doing whatever it took to make money and get business and get listings, we uh, created a pretty cool business, started teaching other real estate agents and business owners how to do short sales, started teaching classes for homeowners on how to avoid foreclosure and the benefits of doing a short sale versus letting your home go to foreclosure from a credit perspective And, uh, you know, shortly after started filming some videos on top of those classes, we were pretty early in the video thing and just kind of one thing snowballed into the other and so, um, you know, we looked up and had, had built a fairly successful at the time anyway real estate business or team in a, in a couple of short years but uh yeah by no means was it flashy or anything like that it was just purely trying to survive and then once you got past the survival phase it was like all right what's the next step where are we trying to go let's kind of work our way backwards here
0: so i mean and again this is this is speculation but is it fair to say that you know in 2008 people were running away from real estate right and you guys were brand new fresh coming in is is there any piece of that that's like i didn't know i shouldn't be going into real estate at this time you know there's that there's that rookie mentality right i didn't know i didn't know i shouldn't be going into real estate in 2008 right so because i didn't know better i killed it right you know i wasn't afraid because i didn't know right
1: yeah, I j- jokingly say Kevin, uh, who got his real estate license in the summer of 07 was like the uh, the top student in his class because he was the only student in his real estate school class. Or at least <laughs> it felt that way because I mean, nobody was getting a real estate license in July of 07 or June of 07. So um, no. yeah, you know, I'd had my license for a few years by then, end of 07, early 08. But um, I-, I didn't I didn't know enough to, um, to look for other options. I, I knew that all i knew was that i was going to have to do something in the entrepreneurship world i was going to have to do something that was like going to be of my own you know becomings and not reliant on going and clocking in somewhere cuz i had done that for a few years and just hated that and so yeah there was a lot of kind of dumb blind stupid luck like we're just going to figure this out and but along the way there was a few strategic decisions we decided that we didn't want to work for banks and sell foreclosures or reos real estate owned properties uh, because that was just another like that was another clocking in clocking out type relationship where you were uh, essentially an employee of the bank being told what to do, having to kiss people's butts, etc. And uh, yeah. short sales allowed us to be a little bit more renegade, be a little bit more of in the outback of uh, creating our own rules and, and figuring a way out. Because the reality was that, you know, I don't know the exact statistics, but it's probably pretty fair to say the reality is less than 30% of short sale files ever closed. Uh, in 07, 08, 09, 2010. The banks were sure. overwhelmed with requests. They couldn't get through them. So we uh, we decided to be the squeaky wheels that got the grease and, and figure out how to how to get attention called to our files to be the ones that we pushed across the finish line. And homeowners and real estate agents alike respected our willingness to not care what the banks thought about us, but rather to advocate for homeowners and help them out of a tough situation. And then that that created some great future business as well because we did right by people during a tough time in their life, and many of those came back to us later to buy a home and sell more homes with us in the future.
0: That's awesome. You know, uh, you know, we did our we did our due diligence, obviously, and we saw that you know you guys started in 2008, I think, with like fifty dollars in the bank account. You know, and I love, I love those stories. You know, like. Not all that far back, you know, I would get in these places with my wife and I where there's like this much money in the bank and you're trying to pay this or try to pay that. And I'm like, this sucks, but this is going to make a great story when I get where we're going, right? (laughs) You know, which uh, I think Jack uh, had brought me a quote and uh, this is from you and I don't know where you got it from. You know, don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better, then get better. And I love that so much. And how do you... How do you? Where did you get that? First of all, is that from your own brain? Does somebody give that to you, and how do you live and work by that?
1: I don't, I don't honestly know where that came from. Probably just an interview one day where we were kind of talking. But I, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, there's something in me that really likes a challenging market, having kind of started in one. And um, you know, the market that we're we're in here in early 2023 for many real estate professionals and even just business owners in general is is a very different, more challenging market, maybe than we faced a year or two ago. And so um, I don't know, there's something in me that likes the challenge of knowing other people are quitting and leaving and and not that everything's rosy, and everything goes up in value and all that. I mean, granted, of course, you know, over time, things go up in value, if you stay with stuff long enough, and things are good. But um, I don't know, there's just something in me that likes, uh, uh, likes that resistance, I guess, like coming up against resistance and trying to find ways around things trying to be solutions based. And, uh, and, and, you know, trying to figure out how to improve myself to, to get better results.
0: Well, you know, it's kind of one of those, and this yours is much more eloquent, but for me, it's kind of one of those moments where it's like, hold my beer. I'll be right back. You know, I mean, like I'm, I'm going to go kill this market. Everyone else is running away. They're running away from the fire. I'm running into the fire, you know, and, uh, that's, this market you know when we we have a ton of new agents on our team you know and those are those are my favorite agents you know i'm a, i'm passionate i tell people all the time my favorite agent is young broken hungry you mm-hmm. know because they're to, they're totally coachable the uh authenticity is absolutely real and they don't know what they don't know right i mean and so they're much like you know when you came into the market or when fred came in or when kevin came in the market and they just they're like do what, tell me what I need to do, point me in the right direction, light the fire, and I'm going to go make money, you know, and I just, I, I appreciate that authenticity.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and I think, you know, there's certain periods in our life, we're more, we're more open to those type of uh, places than, than there are others, but, um, I mean, there, there's something to be said about just that beginner's mindset, being willing to, to learn something from scratch, being given direction from somebody else who knows more, or just being willing to, to look for different solutions. Um, you know, I had a mentor of mine that, uh, that made a pretty big impact on me in the early 2000s uh, used to always say that, um, you know, intention, he, he'd give, the, uh, he'd give the, this uh, equation, if you will, intention plus mechanism equals results. Uh, so intention plus mechanism equals results. Right. Uh, but then he would after a while, he'd, he'd cross out the mechanism piece and he would say, really, intention equals results. And, and the idea there is that, like, there's a lot of different mechanisms and ways to grow your real estate business, to grow whatever business or, or, you know, whatever thing it is that you're trying to accomplish in life. Uh, but there's there's probably more than one mechanism or one more than one way to get there. Really what it is, it comes down to our intentionality, like how willing are you to run into the fire, so to speak, as you said, Jason, and figure it out along the way, find a solution. Um, and, I, you know, that that's always stuck with me, just this idea of like my deepest intention or deepest commitment is is going to be the result that I get, not necessarily the mechanism of how I got there, but it really comes back to that deepest intention and deepest commitment that I have.
0: Well, I mean, obviously, this is a very biased statement, but you used, like, my my love word. You were speaking my love language. I love the word intentionality because so many things today are haphazard, you know, and, and we do a lot of these interviews, and a lot of people are like, well, you know, I just, I did some stuff, and I talked to some people, and it, and it just, it worked. And I'm like, okay, but you, you can't create, you can't recreate that, right? You know, you talk about the mechanism. A mechanism is something... Again, intentionality. And I can take that from real estate. I can take it to investments. I can take it to my marriage. I can take it to any facet of my life because the mechanism is something that was intentional. You know, I sat down, I looked at it, I saw a problem. It's almost like the scientific method, right? Yep. Yep. You know, and so that is something that I I can do myself. I can do it again. But more importantly for me is I can share that. I can't share an accident. I can't share luck but I can share intentionally driven results with friends family my children you know and the people around me and that's that's my that's my thing is I love growing people and yeah, I, love I love feeding that. into people
1: Yeah I love that I mean Jason you and I are in a business real estate right where I mean, there's there's hundreds, if not thousands of different ways to go out and get business and consider yourself a, a great real estate agent, right? Accomplished agent, icon agent, whatever language we want to put around that. Uh, but the ways, the mechanisms that that people go out and create those results are all very different. And so some of it is just figuring out what works for you, what, what works with your personality style. But a lot of it is just that, like, is this your truly your deepest conti- commitment? Is this really your intention, right? And... Uh, you know I, I learned I guess you know whatever that was 20 some years ago that we all have we all have a lot of intentions and commitments some of them compete with each other some of them uh, interfere with one another and that's why I try to use the language like deepest intention and deepest commitment because um, at the end of the day that's usually the one that's gonna gonna win out right so if you're if your deepest commitment is on looking good uh, then you may not be a great real estate agent because along the way you're gonna have to look really bad screw up a lot, uh, not know what you're saying, fumble over yourself, get hung up on, et cetera, right? But if your deepest commitment is like, I'm going to go get a listing appointment, then along the way, you might be okay screwing up, getting a door slammed in your face, having a few people hang up on you, swear at you, whatever else, right? So uh, just being yeah. re- really clear on what that deepest commitment uh, and, and intentionality truly is.
0: So I'll share a quick story, and then I want to ask you for your feedback, there was three different times early in my real estate career. I mean, you know, I, I'm i very, very fortunate to have had a lot of sales experience. I came into the real estate game late. You know, I tell people all the time that real estate was my midlife crisis. I turned 40 and I sold my house and I sold my business that I owned and I went into real estate. So I didn't buy a, a Maserati. I went into real estate. That was my midlife crisis, <laughs> you know, and uh, but three different times in the first three years, you know, while I was building our business and my wife would come to me, she's like, Jason we need money. You need to go sell something. And literally that day I went out, I scoured the internet. I found one of my investors. I found a house and I put it under contract. And so I took like five seconds of, yeah, yeah, I did that. My wife said, go sell something. And I sold it. But then immediately I had this, why weren't you doing that already? Right. And that deep level commitment. And, and it is this immediate, like, you're phoning it in. Yeah, you're doing good. Yeah, you're making money. But when your wife came to you and said, Hey, I need this, you went out and found something that you should have already have found without her coming to you with this, this need, right? So when you talk about that deepest level commitment, how do you keep that fire stoked? Right. Seven to you know, seven A to seven P, seven days a week, you know, seven, 10, 20, 30 years into doing this, how do you stay motivated? at a at a top level
1: yeah i mean to be honest with you that's a challenge i mean the more success that i've created in in businesses and real estate the more challenging it becomes to wake up and want to go go to work or go get something done or or to have that same fire and so um, I'll I'll be the first to say I, I don't know. I think I'm still figuring that out for myself. I'm I've always been a person that works hard, so I'm not gonna like sleep until noon and you know stay up yeah. till midnight every night watching Netflix or something like that. Um, there, there's a, there's a certain part of me that wants to create something and be active and doing something. But um, in business, the more success that I have created. Uh, you know, I have found uh, a safer, more comfortable place for myself where I have to ask myself, like, why am I getting up every single day to do this? What's this about? What's next? And um, the more that it's about myself, the the probably the less motivated I am because I am better off today than I I have been before. Uh, but the more that I can make it about other people and, and the impact that I can offer them, the 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 more excited, the more connected. Uh, the more intentional I think I can become. So that that that's a little bit of where I'm leaning today. I don't say that from a a standpoint of like mastery, of like I've got this all figured out. But when I when I do lead and focus through like, hey, what is what does so-and-so need today? How can I show up in their life to make their world better? I, I find myself more productive, more passionate, more on fire. When it's a little bit more of what do I need for me and my family, it's a little bit less of that fire just because my financial needs and things of that nature are 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 lesser
0: today than they were. I love that. You know, one of my things that I found early on motivation-wise is, and I'm I'm exactly like you, if it's just about me, I can let it go, right? But as soon as it's about my wife or it's about my kids or if it's about people on my team. And so what I found early on in not just real estate, but my previous careers and running my other businesses and even when I was in the corporate world, is that I would set expectations of the people that worked with me for me or around me. And really I was almost setting those expectations for me, but because I asked it of them, I then knew that I had to do it. Right. You know, so it's like, if you, you know, when I was running my martial arts school, if I told people you have to be able to run a a seven minute mile, well, I've got to be able to run a seven minute mile. You know, if I told them you have to be able to do 200 pushups, you know, or if I was telling my my sales team, you had to hit these certain goals. Well, I couldn't tell them that if I wasn't doing it. And so I was setting an expectation level of myself, but it's kind of like I was dragging everybody else with me, kicking and screaming, because that's what I needed in order to push myself. Because if it was just left up to me, you're right. I mean, I would stay up too late. I would get up too late. I would, you know, because to me, I'm not important enough to me, but the people around me are so important that I will, I will do it for them. You know, absolutely. You know, and, and yeah, one other thing that you kind of
1: struck there for me, Jason, I love what you just said, but one other thing that you you struck there for me is, um, you know, the circles that I hang around, the people that I hang around also have a lot to do with how fired up I am, how, how motivated, how intentional I am about certain things. So when I find myself maybe you know, coming back from a vacation or a long winter break or whatever, like there's a little funk that we all probably work through that I personally find myself working through. But when I get around other movers and shakers and people that are trying to create and do things and make a difference for others and make more money and build bigger businesses and, you know, create bigger lives for themselves, like I instantly tend to rise to the level of those people. So, you know, it's one of the more common, probably motivational things we hear in, in our world today, just around, you know, you are the, the, you know, sort of the sum of the five people you hang around. But um, gosh, man, the older I get, the more I find that to be really true. Um, I either sort of sink down to the level of the the five or so people that I'm closest to, or I rise up to the five, five or so people that I'm closest to. So just continuing to be around people that are uh, pushing me that are and then maybe not even pushing me but they themselves are pushing themselves and creating new and bigger experiences and results in their lives and in their businesses uh, it then causes me to sort of want to raise my game whether I'm doing it intentionally or, or just sort of through osmosis of seeing what other folks around me are doing well
0: you know then and that that carries that that methodology carries through professional sports and carries through uh, like gym, gym buddies. You know, when you're, if you're going to go max out and you're maxing out by yourself or you're maxing out with a partner, right. You're going to lift more because you have that safety net. You have that person, that person that's spotting the bar, you know, you're willing to take more risks because you've got somebody in the trench with you. It's that foxhole mentality, right? No, I'd say it's, I'd say it's, it's, it's borderline spite. You want to do better than whoever you're in the trenches with. Yeah. You know, but in it, it, that same mentality, though, is that I will always do better with a group than I will individually. And it's because, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats. You can take any number of different statements that we have for that. But that 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 same mob mentality that goes negative can also go very positive if you've got the right mob. Right. I mean, if you've got the right people around you and you're and you're pushing forward with so much combination of angst and desire and motivation and you you can get caught up in the same positive mentality in those days when i'm not feeling it but i've surrounded myself with the right people it still feeds into me on the days that i didn't want to get out and i didn't want to make the calls or i didn't want to perform when i show back up then they feed into me and i go okay all right that's fine get over it it's time to get to work yeah yeah Yeah. And
1: if you're a real estate professional out there, I mean, especially right now heading into 2023, like the aha moment I hope you have is like, hey, you know, if I'm feeling stuck in my business or not super confident about the results I'm going to create this year, I need to go hang around, be a part of communities, teams, whatever you want to call it, brokerages of people that are doing stuff because I'm either going to be sort of exposed and quit real estate because I'm going to figure out really quickly, I don't want to do what those folks are doing that are doing the results Or I'm going to rise up, which is more naturally what will happen. I'm just going to want to rise up and my game's going to get better. My results are going to get stronger because I'm hanging around people that are doing it. And so it's a funny thing, right? Like a lot of times people say, why would you want to join a real estate team, right? For the leads or for the training or the support or the transaction management. But a lot of times the reason we're on teams in life is just that our, our output is going to be greater on a team than it is as an individual, just simply based on hanging around those people.
0: Well, so, and again, you guys, okay, you used a big word there that I think you guys are extremely well known for, and that is community. And you all have, since you came to eXp, done an absolutely phenomenal job of creating that type of community. You know, when I have new agents come in and we talk to them, and inevitably, probably 70% of new agents that we interview, they have two questions. What are you going to do for me? How much money do you, of my money are you going to take? Right. You know, and I just, that's, those are the agents that I'm interviewing and immediately I go, okay, we might be able to make them work, but they're, they're already, their mindset's wrong. Right. You know, because the right questions are what's the culture, how does this work? You know, how many people are going to be in the office? How many open houses can I do? I mean, there's so, there's so much deeper than that than other than, you know, how much money, what are you going to give me? You know, and so um, Say that parlays into scarcity mindset versus growth. mindset. Absolutely. It is a scarcity mindset. You're exactly right. And that's and that's a mind frame, a mindset that you have to teach people out of, uh, you know, because some of that comes from their personal background, maybe how they were raised. And that scarcity mindset is something that it's really hard to overcome. But y'all have done an amazing job creating a community within EXP. And I guess my question would be because y'all were at Keller Williams first, I believe. Correct. And then came to EXP, you know, a few years ago. What turned you guys in that direction? Was there a a linchpin moment where you said or an aha moment where you go, hey, we want to go here? You know, what what pushed you down that alleyway?
1: Yeah, I started my career at Century 21 and then I uh, just finished a couple of years and then I spent 11 years at Keller Williams Realty and uh, in 2018 made a big decision to move over to EXP Realty. So, it was you know, four and a half or so years ago. Um, Simply put, I I fell out of love with Keller Williams. But to to go deeper um, in falling out of love with Keller Williams, I looked up and I said, What else is out there? And so I went around and Kevin and I spent six months. We flew around the country, flew to New Jersey, met with people in Nevada, et cetera, that run large brokerages just to see what was out there, what was available, what would be a good fit for us. And uh, EXP was the very last place I thought I would go. I said, I will never go to EXP. My friend Curtis, encouraged me to go to exp in december of 2017 i literally said to him hell no in the uh, upstairs part of my office Um, And so after exploring a bunch of other places, I just didn't feel like there was anywhere for us to go. We didn't find the perfect fit. So we thought we were going to move forward on opening our own brokerage. And we started down that path only to discover we weren't very passionate about that. We were making that decision as a default, not as like a, you know, like a purposeful choice. And the default decision had no energy around it. Therefore, like we were staring at each other going, why are we doing this? And so eventually sat down with my, my buddy, Curtis Johnson. I said, all right, you've been at eXp now for four or five months. Like, be honest, tell me about it. I still don't think I want to go, but what's it like? What, what you know, what do I not know? And it was the very first time I actually opened myself And uh, I think it was April or May of 2018, up to hearing about eXp. And, um, you know, the end result of all that, just to put it in a summary, is that I quickly figured out that. Um, my impression, understanding, judgment on eXp Realty was completely wrong and that it was literally the most financially rewarding brokerage for a real estate agent that had ever been created. Um, That not only did it offer support and value and had a great track record of growth and success at that time, it was really starting to take off, but um, there was no other place I could run my business and be more financially compensated and rewarded through selling homes, recruiting, etc. Uh, and so that was a big moment. And uh, so I eventually decided to take the hit and make that decision. And you mentioned community. Uh, we decided early on that we were just going to build community. That's really what, what recruiting is all about. It's about just adding value to people's lives. And so from that, we created a, a really cool community that's grown into almost a couple thousand people around the US that we add value to their lives. And some of them continue to to come on board and love EXP and new ones are, are constantly joining every day.
0: Man, that's awesome. And you know when I I was much like yourself, you know, I was at REMAX and then I was at Coldwell and, uh, you know, we had, I had, my wife and I had put together these grandiose plans and we're going to blow this up. We're going to build this team. And, you know, I went to Coldwell, my office and was like, Hey, I want to go do this. And they literally were like, yeah, no, you can't do that. I was like, you, they, I mean, they're like, you don't need to do that. I mean, and it, it got really borderline insulting. Cause they're like, Oh, it's too expensive. You shouldn't open your own office and you shouldn't grow that big. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I was like, Okay, I'm obviously in the wrong place, yeah. you know, and I had looked, you know, and we all we have those damn it moments in life because I had looked at exp probably two and a half three years before I moved, you know, before the Franklin Jimmy and Andrew were here before everybody. And so when that whole thing took place, I was like, okay, I knew that I wanted I'm a I'm a kind of a techie, I like new and in, interesting um kind of wild west ideas right you know and exp was so far off the beaten path and even still is today i mean even though there's a lot of people that are emulating what they do and they've got different versions of what they do i mean they're they're so far high and left of what the normal brokerage model is and so when i decided to go to exp i literally went and researched every team every agent in town was like i want the baddest dude in the room and so as as much of a uh scream from the rooftops as Jimmy is, they didn't recruit me. They didn't come to me. I went to them and was like, hey, all right, no BS. I'm not a recruiter. I'm not going to go find people, but I like the model. Tell me what it is. You know, and I sat down with him and Andrew one day and, you know, and my wife is the bean counter, you know, our relationship is I just sell stuff, right? I'm I'm out there on the streets every day. I mean, she probably has an account somewhere in the Cayman Islands that I don't know about because I haven't paid a bill in like 14 years. You know, and so, and she, on the way home, she was running some numbers and she goes, Jason, literally, if you took your production from last year and you went to EXP and you just did exactly what you did last year, she goes, you would have made, I think it was like somewhere between twenty and $30,000 more for the exact same work, the exact same position, the exact same methodology, just more cash in your pocket, you know, and it obviously this isn't an EXP commercial. It's just, I'm passionate about what I do and I'm not a scream from the rooftops kind of guy, but when somebody does a good job or something is valuable, I do feel, um, not necessarily the need, but the obligation to share it, you know, because our industry is tough and there's so many people out there that are having such a tough time and they just, they don't know what they don't know. You know, and it's like, hey, I got my license and I went to KW or, hey, I went to Century 21 or whatever. And so they just don't know, you know, and so I I am passionate about sharing that. And especially with new and young agents that are coming in and getting them off on the right foot and keeping fees low and keeping their opportunities high. And, you know, you want to move from here. You want to move from Houston to Scottsdale. You want to move from Scottsdale to Riverside. I mean, you just pick it up and take it with you. There, you know, the with the the minus, I mean, we have a brick and mortar office ourselves, but the ability to, you know, do everything virtually these days is absolutely phenomenal.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, you ask why'd you join type thing. I mean, I joined because I thought it was the most financially rewarding real estate brokerage on the planet. And I was right. <laughs> I mean, it's it set me up in a in a big way. Um, but I stay and I continue to love the brokerage because it's the most collaborative brokerage on the planet the uh, the revenue share model and some other models that we have that exist at EXP create relationships, you know, like this, Jason, that you and I have and the ones we have with the Franklins and et cetera, that um, I just, you know, they're they're unmatchable. I don't think the that, that relationships and collaboration exist at this high of a level. Um, at many brokerages outside of eXp Realty. So it's uh, it's a cool thing. It's a great community, as you mentioned. And uh, it's really just all about helping each other sell more real estate, make more money, and uh, ult- ultimately build our, our net worth so we can wake up one day and not have to sell real estate if that's what we want to do or continue to sell it till you die, whatever you choose. But um, you know, it's really about getting ahead. So it's a really cool opportunity
0: no and i and i'll and i'll wrap that up with a bow and that is that i think it's getting to a position where wanting to not having to right mm-hmm. i mean i i'm passionate about what i do i love i love real estate and the only you know the average age we've got 14 agents on our team and the average age in our office is about 27 now and the only the only resentment i have in my entire life is these young agents that got here at 20 22 years old because I got here at 40 and I'm just like pissed that I waited so long, you know, but whatever. So we've got about three minutes left. What we would love to wrap up with. And I know, especially from the short sale era, 2007, eight, nine, whatever, we would love to wrap up with a, you're not going to believe what happened this one time. I got about three minutes left. Give us a, give us a (laughs) Holy crap. Story, and I know you could pick one of a hundred that. I'm oh sure
1: man! Uh, so I'll kind of merge a few stories together, but suffice to say, Chase Bank is not at the top of my love list. Uh, they're they're <laughs> kind of on my naughty list, and uh, they weren't a lot of fun to, to work short sales with back in the day. So Kevin and I uh, started a uh, a video blog called Short Sell Power Hour. We used to film five days a week for a couple of years. We did five videos a week for homeowners to help them out. And then five videos a week for agents. Like here's what's going on in the trenches on these short sale files. So we exposed some things that Chase was doing. We uh, shared some contact information of some of their major decision makers on several YouTube videos. And, uh, we, we told accurate, honest, uh, very transparent information. We didn't, we didn't make anything up. We didn't, we didn't exaggerate, but, uh, they uh, they didn't like it, We'll just say. So we got some cease and desist. We got some uh, some pressure from our brokerage to uh, to actually uh, remove us from the brokerage. An email went out from Keller Williams International that didn't name Kevin and I, but everybody that knew us knew it was because of us that, Chase had threatened to stop, uh, to remove all REO accounts for all Keller Williams agents, like 90,000 agents around the country, (laughs) if if the two of us didn't stop filming videos about them. So my favorite is we went and filmed a video one day in front of a Chase Bank branch, and we sat down in the grass uh, in front of this branch a couple, about a half a mile or a quarter of a mile from our office. And we blurred the Chase Bank sign out in the back. So we never used their name and we told some Uh stories. They didn't like that one either. Um, So uh, (laughs) funny enough, my dad actually worked for Chase Bank at that time. And they thought, he he thought that he was giving me information, uh, you know, internally. So they confiscated his computer for about three to five days. And uh, my dad never gave me a darn thing of contact information. I I found funny about Chase that would give us lots of great info. So that's my craziest probably real estate story I have is uh uh you know how little uh guts and uh Chase Bank had and how they how they handled things back in the day in the short sale business.
0: You know, that's so funny. I mean, first of all, that's an amazing story because I love mixing things up. You know, Grant Cardone has a statement. It's like if nobody hates you, not enough people know you. There you right? go. Right? <laughs> you know, or you're not trying hard enough because you know, if you're if you believe in something. With such passion, and you're super honest, someone's not gonna like what you have to say. yep, you know, and there's too many people that are afraid of not being liked. I personally am not that person. I'm okay with not being liked as long as my family loves me and I'm taking care of my clients and I'm taking care of the people around me that depend on me. If you don't like what I'm doing or what I have to say, then you know hey i'll I'll roll over and go back to sleep. It's fine.' I'll, I'm gonna sleep okay. Well, Fred, hey, we really, really appreciate you taking the time. I know how crazy busy you are, and uh, it was a fantastic getting to sit down with you again, and uh look forward to seeing you, you know, at one of our upcoming events. Uh, if somebody wanted to reach out to you guys, if they're in the Scottsdale area, or if they wanted to find you guys on social media, or dig up some old Chase videos, how do they reach out to you guys? <laughs> uh, probably easiest way
1: is just you know Facebook, Facebook Messenger, something like that. I'm pretty easy to find, facebook.com slash Fred Weaver. Uh, you can also go to group 4610com dot uh, com. We've got a Facebook group called Next Level Agents that you can join, and uh, we also have a podcast, the Kevin and Fred Show, uh, that you can pick up on any podcast player. So we're pretty easy to find. Reach out anytime. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been uh, been a pleasure visiting with you all today.
0: But absolute amazing, pleasure. Matt, we appreciate good. it, and everybody. Hey, don't forget. Listen in uh, every week. We've got fantastic interviews and it's not real estate specific. We've got all sorts of entrepreneurs coming through. Uh, Make sure you hit the subscribe button, share it with your friends, family, and complete strangers. And we'll see you guys again next week.
1: See y'all later.